What if it rained food? What if Earth was a cube? What if we had nine lives? What if bits could fly? It's absurd. If money grew on trees, if we didn't have knees, if we walked through life slightly magnetical, it's absurd. Absurd hypotheticals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Guys, we're doing one of my favorite episodes um, coming up here, uh, and it is the random superpower fight. I think this is the fourth time we're doing this. Number four. It's become a staple of our show. But quick explanation, if this is your first one, on how this works. There is on the internet this beautiful wiki called the Superpower Wiki. And basically, it is just a... I mean, it just captures all the different superpowers and powers and all the things across all of cartoons, anime, comics, etc., etc., etc. And what I love about it is just because it gets, there's so, it includes like every minor character from every little thing with such ridiculous powers. So we just go on this wiki page, hit a random page button, and the first three powers we get, we take those, we build a superhero around those, give them a backstory... And then we throw them in the ring and argue about who would win a fight. So I'll get us. I'll go ahead and get us started with my character and his backstory. So imagine this: it's April twentieth, two thousand ten. You're clocking in for another twelve-hour shift, but those twelve-hour shifts be coming to an end soon because the higher-ups have got some fancy new tech to make this whole process just so much easier. But of course, things never go as planned. Because your job is being a miner on the Macondo Prospect, a BP-operated oil rig out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. And the new laser drill technology they're about to fire up is going to be firing up a bit more literally than expected. The last thing you remember after the alarms start ringing is a brilliant flash of light as you're engulfed in a huge explosion. You wake up washed up on the shores of Mexico with new powers, new purpose, and a new name. The Oil Rig. So, (laughs) yes, my character's backstory is literally just on the BP oil rig and has gotten superpowers from it. I see. Anyway, (laughs) superpowers that he has gotten. Number one, I'll start with my least, my most loosely connected one here. Uh, Laser weaponry. The ability to wield or create weapons with laser-based powers. Um, This kind of covers a wide range of laser stuff, all the way from, like, just straight-up lightsabers to, like, the guardian enemies in the Zelda game, Breath of the Wild, where they just, like, shoot lasers out, you know, as a beam. For the oil rig, I've decided that I want to have one of his eyes be, like, a laser. So I'm thinking maybe it's a piece of the laser drill that, like, broke off in the explosion and, like, kind of embedded itself in there. And so I'll say his left eye is the laser eye. But what about the right eye? And that brings us to my, my second power. Again, and this is the reason I love this wiki. And my second power that I rolled is literally just called Oil Vision. (laughs) And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is the power to project oil beams or blasts from one's eye. Oil beam. (laughs) Literally just shoot a beam of oil out. Um, I can say, I will say, I can either emit beams of crude or processed oil. Ooh. (laughs) It's lucrative. Who has this power in fiction? (laughs) So the person who has this is Francis Layton from the Marvel Comics. There's also, and his, I think his character is Sh- his name Shepard, is what it says. It's Francis Layton slash Shepard. So I imagine it's a superhero name. 
Also, Jerome Meyer slash Quagmire has it as well. I wonder if they are related to each other, actually, or do they have two people? I've never heard of either of those people, so I don't... I'm not a big Marvel person, or comic person, so I don't know. I hadn't actually checked this before, but I was just checking to see if uh, he's related to the other guy if, if, if Shepard and Quagmire are related and I don't think it appears they are it not they've, they've like used it. this no, idea yeah. twice yeah they have used this they have used this idea twice in two separate things that are not related I kind of just assumed they were like big like a father son you know one's the researcher and one's his kid no this is too this great idea they needed to use it twice <laughs> <laughs> although I like that the applications like they list applications of the powers as well and it's concussion beam so it is forceful crushing which I don't know what that means in this you context. Can crush people with it. <laughs> and of course, oil generation. <laughs> that makes sense. Make. Yeah, I get it. The oil vision does indeed make oil. I also like that you assigned one of these to one eye. Like, you assigned it to each eye. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last power here is just called personal body temperature. Also, I like how they gave it a scientific name, also known as autobiothermokinesis. The user has complete control over the body temperature of oneself, able to, um, that's not words, that's I copy not, no. and pasted this, able to concealing their body temperature, making th- themselves resistant or immune to temperatures, etc. And important note here, users of this power are completely unaffected by temperature changes. So I can make my body really, really, really hot or really, really, really cold. It's convenient for your oil vision. It is convenient with my oil vision. <laughs> And it's and I guess no no secret to anyone, my the oil rig signature move is to just shoot both of his eyes at once and make a big oil fire <laughs> that, he, that he can just like stand in. But yeah, that is the oil rig. He's just like a I imagine him like a big buff you know factory miner working dude who just has you know a hankering for karmic environmental protection. <laughs> Chris, uh, what did you get? Tell us about your hero. So my hero starts as Judy Jellica. So she is the world's greatest judge in the world. The That's repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> She's the greatest judge in the world. And in 1996, she decided to start a TV show where she conducts court cases on TV. And she wanted to name it Judge Judy because her name is Judy. But that name was already taken. Oh, so it's not Judge Judy. It's not Judge Judy. It's taken by Judy Scheindlin, I think that's how you pronounce her name. So instead, she she calls her show Judge Jellica, because that's her last name. So she continues with her show. She does her courtroom thing. And the ratings for her shows do not do good at all. And uh, she's basically just always living in the shadow of Judge Judy, who is really successful. Her show becomes, like, super successful. She won, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And Judy Jellica gets super jealous of Judge Judy. She becomes very envious and she blames her failures on the name that she chose. So she thinks that if she had gotten the name Judge Judy, her show would have taken off like the real Judge Judy. So over the 25 seasons that the show runs, she be, her envy just grows and grows and festers inside until finally one day, she gets a knock at her door, she opens it, and it is the personification of Envy himself, one of the seven deadly sins. And Envy says that he's going to kill her because it's a deadly sin. But being, is that how the deadly sins work? Apparently. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
Sure. You gluttonous heathen, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's how it works in my world. So, (laughs) but being the greatest judge in the world, she is able to work out a contract with Envy. And she proposes that her job as a judge equips her to make other people envious of each other. So she can like reward people with things and then the other people will get jealous of those people that are rewarded and they'll become envious and be like, I can provide you with people that are envious and envy likes this. So they negotiate and they work out a contract and envy is like, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out a little. So if you make people envious, I will make you more powerful. I will, you'll become stronger. You'll become faster. You'll become more durable. Um, and I'll also enhance your judging ability. So you'll be able to do all the stuff that you can do in the courtroom outside of the courtroom, like reward people and break contracts and stuff and bonds. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> what's really funny is that this probably makes no sense. Anyway, listening. I know what your powers are <laughs> and I just know you're just like hammering in those keywords, but they don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So they come to an agreement and they, uh, or she, she actually changes the name of her show from Judge Jellica to Judge Jelly because she makes people jealous. So (laughs) we have Judge Jelly and I'm going to run through her powers now. Um, so the first one's bond manipulation. I said she can break bonds. The actual description of it says that you can break the bond of like anything. So that includes like chemical bonds and stuff, but I, I said she can't do that. I just limited it to contractual bonds and like relationship bonds and stuff like that. So that's the first one. The second one is reward manipulation. So she can manipulate rewards in pretty much any way she wants. She can give people rewards or like change the nature of rewards. She can reward negative things if she wants. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. It seems, it seems like it, it's a bit vague. Like I'm looking at the page now. Applications include wish granting. right yeah i don't know exactly what the limitations that are gonna be but that's the general idea she can reward people but we'll figure it out in post yeah (laughs) as per the only known user jupiter in aesop's fables that's hilarious sure (laughs) and then her third power is envy empowerment so she becomes stronger faster and more durable when either she is envy envious or other people are envious so she kind of thrives on envy and I, what I found interesting on the page is that apparently Luigi has this. I didn't know that. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> but it says. Hold on. <laughs> what? I don't know in what context he has it. Maybe it was just like some corner case thing, but I don't know. Is there, is there, it's got to be one of like the paper Mars or something where they, they're really tongue in cheek about like being self-referential and there's like. Yeah, Luigi's real strong because he's jealous of Mario all the time. <laughs> it must be. There's just, I wish that someone would would cite their source on that one, just so I could know. <laughs> that is one of the the problems of this superpower wiki. But whatever. I yeah, <laughs> both the power and the curse of it is that anyone can edit it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so th- that is my superhero, Judge Jelly. Judge Jelly. So Ben, who is your superhero? Okay, so. Nicholas Clark was an electrician, sort of struggling electrician in New York City. And one night, he has this really weird nightmare where he sees himself, like, really panicked, telling himself not to take some big job that's going to come in in the next morning. And he wakes up, and he's really confused, 
and he can't he's just you know like all the scores he figures he just like ate too much cheese the night before or something and and you know goes back to sleep or whatever he, he brushes it off and the next morning he's looking through some jobs that that he uh you know some offers he has for for work and he sees one come in it's a last minute thing has to happen you know like within the hour where where the guy is offering to pay him like quintuple his normal rate and he kind of vaguely thinks back to that dream, but he's like, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm being, being paranoid or whatever. And he takes it because that's a lot of money, right? So he goes and it's at this, like, sort of, like, industrial park out in the, you know, like the suburbs. Pretty normal looking building. Weird number of, like, clocks inside it and stuff. But, you know, it's weird about this guy there who, you know, seems normal enough, you know, just doing a lab coat, whatever. Takes him into this, this room that has some sort of big industrial equipment in it with a bunch of, you know, cables and everything going to it. And he tells him that, you know, my machine won't turn on and I know there's something wrong with the wiring. If you could just get in there, take a look at it and, and get it right, I'd really, you know, just really need this working. So, looks around a little bit, sees what the problem is, just some things are, you know, miswired, whoever set it up, did a pretty bad job. He's like, yeah, I, I can fix this and he gets to work. He's working, he's working and as he's, he's finishing up, a guy comes back and is like, hey, you know, thanks for, for taking care of this. You need a drink or anything? And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I could, I could go for some water. Guy brings him water, he finishes up, and then after he finishes up, as they're like negotiating the payment, he just gets really drowsy and falls asleep. And he wakes up, he's inside this machine, and he's strapped to a table. And the guy is there, like, you know, rubbing his hands all nefariously, and he's like, okay, I've tested this with inanimate objects, but never with a living subject, so let's see how this works. And of course, obviously, he starts panicking, because like, you know, what the hell's going on? And he realizes that his, his, uh... A lot of his, like, tools are still, like, on his belt, including his his nice, like, rubberized, uh, rubberized grip, like, knife that he uses if he has to, like, cut things. So he, he manages to grab that and cut the restraints and starts trying to get out. And he sees, the, you know, the machine starting to, 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 you know, fire up. And he sees a bundle of, of wires above him hanging down. He's like, if I just, like, cut through this, I can, I can stop it. And he pulls the knife up and slashes through it. And then just, like, this, all this... Energy arcs through him and he blacks out. And he wakes up. He sees he sees himself again telling him to duck. And he just does out of, you know, instinct. And an energy blast comes through from above, you know, like the door. And that guy is there with like a some sort of weird laser gun or some shit. I don't know, whatever. And then he like, you know, runs up and he manages, he like, thinks like, I gotta I got stop this guy. And then all of a sudden these sparks fly out of him and surround the guy and hold him in place. And... I never didn't really think through this part. I guess he like stabs him. He like goes to fall his knife and then realizes he just like manifests this big rubber blade and like stabs the guy. This very sharp rubber knife. This very sharp rubber knife. <laughs> rubber can be sharp. Just roll with it. I'm doing what I can here. Can rubber be sharp? Rubber can be sharp. <laughs> it's yeah. You can you can sharpen anything if you try hard enough. I googled it. Can rubber be sharp? I just I just got a bunch of videos on how to cut rubber. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But finally, he sits down and he realizes that what's happened was this man had made a time machine. And somehow, through, through disrupting it as it was firing up, he can't travel through time, but he can communicate through time. And also, the, like, weird mad scientist energy has done some other shit, too. That, yeah, whatever. But anyway, point being, he's now superpowered, and he decides to become a superhero because that's what you do when that happens. And his name is The Nick of Time. <laughs> <laughs> nice yep so so my powers we have we have we have three there is first off spark imprisonment which is the power to bind imprison or otherwise stop objects by using sparks it's actually not electricity which when i was first like saying all this up i thought it was 
I missed the fact it wasn't like literally electricity, so that's why he was an electrician. But whatever, it still works. It's close enough. <laughs> you can still be an electrician. <laughs> the fundamentals are the same. Exactly, it's fine. They're kind of just like not actually like electrified sparks. I don't know, whatever. But it's a you know containment kind of power. Probably the most interesting one is uh, temporal messaging. It's the ability to send messages through time. It's not like communication. Like I guess it, it is like literal communication, but like. He can't, like, talk to someone in the past and, like, hear them back. It's just, like, sending messages. It's like that one movie where, you, I forget what it was called, but that guy could send letters to the past or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I vaguely know what you're talking about. But, yeah. And then, finally, there's rubber blade construction, which is you can make bladed weapons out of rubber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which, yeah, we also, speaking of, like, you know, we talked about the users of these and everything. As far as we can tell, the only user of this is is this, like, Filipino comic book character named Lastic Man, who's just, like, some dude with a rubber body who can also make swords and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I love that he also has the, uh, the, the checkerboard print, like, shirt on, where they always do with these, like, characters at Elongate, because they're like, ah, oh, yes, I wear this shirt because it confuses your depth perception, not because it makes it more po- easier to draw, <laughs> you know, depth exactly, yeah. along with my stretching powers. So yeah, that's what I got. The nick of time. So your messages through time, are they, like, verbal or, like, notes? Are they, so, like, thoughts? I, I wasn't sure. It's, it's not, it, like, literally does not describe at all how the messages, like, work. Is it, like, email? I was just imagining you, like, running away while, like, shit's raining down on you, like, frantically scribbling notes and throwing them into tiny portals. Right. And, like, like, the next iteration would be, like, you scribbling notes but also grabbing notes and, like, comparing I, them. I feel like it is, like, like a mental thing. It's like Yeah, a, it's, it looks mental based on this dude's glowing red eyes yeah. in the, in well, the that's, photo. That's, that's Raiden from Mortal Kombat. You know that is. Come on. This power is going to complicate the fight, I think. It is. So, so... I guess we should probably just jump into the fight at this point, right? Or do we want to vote on whose who's story is the stupidest? Oh, uh, we, should, we should decide whose story was the dumbest. Oh, all right. Um, Judge Jelly is going to be hard Jelly to be dumber. Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think there's a real... Yes. <laughs> me and, me, ben, me and you actually ended up with fairly, like, standard origin right, stories yeah. here of man <laughs> d- goes to work, man gets in crazy machine, man... Machine goes wrong, man. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, Marcus is you. You always go with origin stories that are like not like usually it's like a mystical power, or like radioactive, or like you go into some giant machine like Ben's. But yours is just oil. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and your last one is just a knife, a normal knife. <laughs> your last your, one. There's what nothing. Was my last one? Your last one was literally like like. Oh, God, it was like you got stabbed in the head while vomiting. Yeah, and that gave you superpowers. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even remember. Biological with energy redirection and blade attacks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was literally just like you got stabbed in the head with a knife. Yeah. And just it wasn't like a, a radioactive knife. knife or anything. Yeah. yeah, it was just a regular knife. Oh, right. Because Yeah, I remember. But I had a, whole, I had a backstory. It was more than that. It was... Uh, they were like a circus... Knife thrower. Yeah, a knife thrower. There was a whole backstory with oh, it. Right. Like, I don't think yeah. I did anything that lazy. I don't think I just said I got stabbed with a knife and got knife powers, even though that was the end result. Yeah, but that's that's the part that gave you your powers. It is the my part. Point. It was just games. <laughs> okay. Anyway, point being, we're not here to relitigate. <laughs> Look, if there were realistic ways to get powers, we would we have, have superheroes. Yeah, around. I know. I I agree. But <laughs> point being, I win the dumbest. 
All right. Anyway, to set the stage, we have established as our battleground for almost all of our fights now. We have them in Central Park because it is a good mix of it's out in the open. There's like some trees and features and things. There's like buildings around it if you need them. And there's, you know, rocks and trees and water and pretty much everything you would need for a superhero battle. So we face off in the middle of Central Park. So I think the way it would start is I think I'm just going to do my one thing and we'll build it from there. <laughs> you set yourself yeah. on fire. I guess I guess we probably should, I guess no, Chris brought this up. We should figure out the temporal messaging thing. Temporal. Temporal? Yeah, because that's going to mess things up. So because I, I was thinking about this like earlier today, what, I think effectively what it's going to mean is that like there are obviously some like corner cases where I can like, you know, call for help or something and have it get there whenever I want it to because of whatever. But like, I think the bigger thing is sending messages to myself. If you do something that isn't like fatal, I can know about it. Right. Like that's kind of, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair way. That's kind of the way it's going to work out. So we would have to kill you before you can send the message. Yeah. Like like Ben just has always hashtag. I see it coming. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like, like if you like oil vision me and like knock me out first shot in, you know, timelines where that happens that just like i don't i don't know about it right that makes things really difficult though if we don't take you out immediately it it does it i mean to a degree what if we say no messages before the fight starts but still like if we if our first attack fails then he just sends a message and he learns from it and he just keeps on doing that but it doesn't make him invincible right like like that's the thing is that he knows what you're gonna do but i can't know exactly like like but if I, so here, time travel, jumble wumble stuff. So if, so say, say like the, the fight starts and Marcus is going to shoot a blast of oil at me and it hits me. I go back, I tell him like, oh, he's going to shoot a blast of oil at, at you. If I move, Marcus isn't going to necessarily shoot the same blast of oil in the same place. Like, it's not like I always know exactly what's going to happen. I know well, more. Well, it's like the, it's like Edge of Tomorrow style where he, it's iterative. So he learns and then eventually he does it. I don't. I don't think it can work quite that well. Cause well, so one, it can't be because it won't be as efficient. But eventually, he'd be able to do it, right? I think. Well, no. Well, cause, cause... it's also like you can only get so many messages at once. Mm-hmm. Like you can't send a different message in the same time. And also, I think Ben's saying if he dies, he can't. That right. ends it. Like, exactly. Ends it. Right. It's not. It's not like you, he gets to keep dying and retrying because once he's dead, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Right. He couldn't send a message post death to warn his previous self he's about to die. So it's a worse version of it, but. He, I, I think it's that, still like if he makes a mistake or something. I mean, it depends on the, like what it comes down to is that unless you have something that's going to kill me straight off, I'm going to know what you can do, but not how you're going to do it. Except for like really broad strokes. That's fair. Okay. Like, I think that's kind of how it how it works, because like I can't like to Marcus's point about like gain messages. You can't like say the entirety of a fight in a message to myself and have like stack. Away a bunch of other ones. So we're I mean, technically you could if you don't limit it, but. Maybe we're like limited to like a, a sentence or something. Well, and the other thing too is that like like because of timeline, like how timelines work, I can't send a bunch of messages myself at the same time because I would get them all at the same time and it wouldn't make any sense, right? Right. And I guess if you sent like a really long paragraph, then you'd have to process that paragraph bef- like exactly. during the fight. You know, so like it's 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 mostly just going to be like informational stuff where it's like okay, this guy this guy can do X. Yeah. And I can be on the lookout for that, but I can't, like... I, it's not going to be specific enough to be, like, you know... I guess, like, if Marcus were going to, like, you know, 
fill the middle of Central Park with oil and light on fire with his body, I'd be like, hey, don't go to the middle of Central Park. But like <laughs> beyond that, I can't get much more specific. Speaking of, <laughs> Marcus, what's your plan? <laughs> My plan is to fill the middle of Central Park with oil and light it on fire. <laughs> So how do we counter that? <laughs> you tell me. Well, I don't go there because I sent a message. I don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> the fight just starts and the bed just like, hold on, I gotta, oh, fuck. Just right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's really, my powers are very limited. Yeah, I don't, what are, what are you, so, Chris, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, Well, my plan was... Like if both of you were together, I would like reward one of you and and maybe like like if one of you is married, then I make the other one have a divorce. What? <laughs> and then that what? one will be super envious of the other guy. And then I will grow powerful from that. <laughs> okay, give me something that either I have or that Ben has that we would be envious of each other for. Like I don't know if I'd be envious of Ben's cool rubber blades. I'd be like, man, I'm a little bit warm right now. Wish I could be cooler. Damn, my doesn't guy. have to be. It doesn't have to be related to the fight. It can be like your personal life. So I improve one person's personal life and the other person I I give a divorce. <laughs> Look, I don't know if giving me a divorce is going to impact the <laughs> fight like, significantly. I can, there are other contractual bonds. I don't know what your personal life is, but... <laughs> What if okay? Because that right, wasn't me, part of your origin story. Let me let me help. Let me help. What if? What if? God, like like okay, we're in New York City, right? There's like apartment buildings and shit around. You could like cancel people's leases around <laughs> you, so they're envious of people who still have apartments. Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of people in New York. I could do that. You could incite a mob and reward them for being so mob-like. It would, I mean, my strategy would have to involve making a group of people envious and a group of people, like, rewarding a group of people. And then, like, taking away stuff from a group of people so that they're envious. And then I grow more powerful from that. So I guess you could, like, put a bounty on us, right? I think, like, what you'd be able to do is turn me and Ben against each other while raising an army would be kind of where I think it would end up. I mean, yeah, I think in yeah. shorthand, making people envious and rewarding other people to make them well, envious of those people. You could give me, you could give me all their leases. <laughs> he can't actually make people. You could do that. You could change a bunch of people's apartments to actually be Marcus's <laughs> and make them all very envious and angry at him. <laughs> this is amazing because what's going to happen is all this just going to get burned down. It's going to collect all the, right, all I know. the insurance money. You can, you, Chris can, Chris can't win the fight, but he can definitely bankrupt me. He can give me all their leases <laughs> and then just kill all my insurance. <laughs> yeah, he can defeat, defeat you financially and legally. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the problem we're going to run to for, for Chris is that once any of this kicks off, I don't know how you manage to not die from either a rubber blade or a laser weapon. <laughs> well, I mean, if I get my envy thing going, it makes me more durable, so. That's fair. So I can endure it. So, like, thinking timeline wise, let, let, let's start with let's start with okay. So, like, let's just say we get together and it's just like first thing, fire everywhere. What are the odds that you guys actually survive that fire? Let's set let's set up let's set up some some touch points and we'll do some if then. Well, I guess it depends on who acts first because if you act first, then probably both of us will die. But if we have time to prepare, I mean, it's not just an excuse me, not just an immediate fireball. Because like he has to fill it with oil first. 
I'll probably right. realize something's going on and stay away. Like, we won't, like, wade into the oil to, like, <laughs> what's all this oil? Better go check it out. <laughs> I imagine it takes a while for oil to come out of your eyes. So An eye is not a very <laughs> it's only large one eye. orifice. Yeah. It's only one eye, so it's half the speed. You limited yourself to that. That <laughs> <laughs> half, half the oil. Well, half, half the rate of oil. Yeah, yeah rate of oil. <laughs> I do love the image, though, that it's, like, a bad spigot. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you have guys. to like run around if you want to cover all of Central Park. You have to like run around with your eye. It's not just going to cover all of Central Park immediately. So I will say I could probably I could maybe shoot if I go cross-eyed. I can shoot my oil with the laser as it leaves my face and have fire vision. <laughs> okay. Okay. How far do you think the range of your oil vision is? Would you say? It's really tough to tell because I don't like the the image that I have on the oil vision page of this dude doing it. His oil vision is literally shooting a person through into like a metal cabinet and breaking it. Would you say like a fire hose? Yeah, it's like fire hose, but smaller, right? In this image, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, smaller. smaller fire hose. Let's say like the first shot of like a, a super soaker. Super soaker. <laughs> yeah, the first like okay. the first second of shot, we get that nice. Okay. And then it goes... So it kind of stings, but that's kind of it? <laughs> like a little bit? Yeah. Like hits you in the arm from real close? Yeah, I'm going to say it's not like a this this is knocking you over type oil explosion. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think covering all of Central Park with oil is a viable option for you. Probably not, no. Not, yeah, not the whole of it. Definitely not like... I'm not like, you know, Apocalypse Nowing, just like fountain of oil and lighting up all of central park It'd i can start a lot of fires very, i think i can start a lot of fires fairly quickly it would spread holy shit i can get the fire department there like as the fight's kicking off though <laughs> that is true the minute you introduce fire it can be mitigated with uh with ben's power with the fire department interesting i don't think it's that easy to put out oil fires it's not i think you have to like it's like it's definitely difficult i think you need i think you need like because you have to you have to you can't use water. You have to get either use chemicals or like deoxygenate it. But you can have them know that ahead of time. Exactly. I can let them like they can know that it's going to be oil fires in Central so, Park. Yeah, they'll be prepared. Yeah, I know there's like chem- I'm pretty sure there's like like chemicals they use to stop it. Oh yeah, it's a chemical fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's what you use them for, right? <laughs> so we got that, I guess. So yeah, I think. The oil vision, or all the fire stuff is less powerful than we originally thought. It's still still somewhat effective, but we have ways of fighting against it. The other thing, too, is like if you can get us on fire, that's obviously pretty good. Yeah, if I can, if I can get it on you, right. it's, I think yeah. a different but, story. But we're not going to be able to just like, like wall off a bunch of Central Park. You know, like Central Park is not a wildfire. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's, we'll use this, we'll use this as our first touchstone. Because the way I like to do is I like to have like the first event has odds of happening Mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to multiply a whole bunch of decimals together to get win percentages at the end so let's what are the uh so i guess the first scenario here is basically getting you guys on fire directly so ben you have forewarning so it's probably less likely to hit you well if you if you start with me i don't right it's like if you can get me immediately i don't have forewarning it depends on who you go for first because if you go for him then i have time to make people envious and then I can be more durable when you hit me. Right. This is interesting, actually. Okay. Although I'm not sure what the ratio of enviness of just Ben being envious of you for not being on fire, maybe. 
Yeah, I might not even need to. I guess that's a lot. I guess that's pretty concentrated envy, right? Yeah, there. a lot of envy. <laughs> All right. So let's say. So what's what's the odds of getting both you guys? Twenty percent. I guess it depends on like if we're cl- cause, like if we're close together, you can oil us both and like light us up both at the same time. I always imagine these fights as we're like in different corners of Central Park to start out with. Right. Oh, interesting. I imagine it like we are in like one, you know, within like, uh, you know, 80 feet of each other or something like, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But we do, let, let's just put a number on it and we can always complain later that we put the wrong ones in. That's fair. So I think like if I, I think it's like point, I say, I say like, let's say 15%, I can get both of you. 15%. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. That's like you get both of us immediately or like before we. Can... Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the fight starts and, you know, the, my eyes are the, are the quickest draw. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So then we have 85% that, 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 that doesn't happen. So assuming I don't get both of you. Who would you choose to go for? Do you think? I think most of the time I would go after Ben. Cause I think it'd be a smart move for you to make me envious of Ben and kind of put us, plot us against each other. All right. He can't wait. Just to back it. I don't think Chris can make people envious, right? I can break bonds, which you can, will make people envious. So it's sort of oh, like oh, you can't generate punch. envy. You right. can, can you? Well, can you? Re, can you like do a reward? Right, I can reward people as well, which will make people envious. So, so maybe you can like make a reward. Hold on, let me look at reward information again. How does this work? All right, so Chris, give me you, this. So Chris, give me something that you could make. That would make Ben envious of me. Otherwise, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna split it fifty-fifty. Who I go after? Um, make him envious of you. To put to plot us against each other. Either way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> give one of you a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not taking the divorce. All right, fifty-fifty it is. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> well, I mean, the reward. I don't. That's such a general, like, vague description of the reward I know, thing. Is. I don't know what really that means how i can reward people i don't know either i'm looking at it right now and trying to figure it out i can't i can't figure out how to parse this one so i mean i'm not really sure how to define how i would do that or how i would limit myself because i could just say like i make i give one of you a bunch of money or something but i also don't think ben would be envious of my extra money in the middle of a fight uh okay what hmm <laughs> that's what i'm saying like like so like something that's like to be something immediate powerful, like oh wow full then it'd have to be something that improves your fighting but then that's <laughs> oh yeah that would be bad <laughs> but i'm trying to think of if there's anything that is it obvious that you have a laser eye marcus um i think it's fairly obvious hmm. uh, i imagine okay so no i imagine no maybe not i imagine it as like the eyeball itself is the is the it's not like a full half face one i think it's like the right. eyeball yeah, yeah, yeah. is a black metal sphere with a little you know with a little uh like red circle thing. like little. laser emittery thing yeah yeah because i would definitely be envious of a laser eye but <laughs> i don't know all right it'll, it'll be 60 40 then <laughs> and then we can move on okay so now we have the situation where i'm going after chris first so i probably would pretty much lose that right away because i would i didn't have time to build up the envy yeah, that's fair. Okay, so then that'll be that. So now Ben. So I go after Ben first. So now we have... How far can your oil go? You said super soaker, so how how far can a super soaker go? 
I'll let you know in a second. How far can a super soaker shoot? 38 feet. Wow, that's, that's actually very unexpected. But in terms of the scale of the fight, it's not that far. It's not that far. Yeah, no, it's not that, it's not that <laughs> far. Uh, the most powerful super soaker in existence, apparently, is from 1996. The super soaker CPF 2000 had a 50-foot range and a 30 ounce per second output. Apparently, it's banned. 30 ounces per second is quite a lot, actually. It actually is, yeah. <laughs> That's like three soda cans. Yeah. So how would you how would you counter the his attack if he went for you first? I mean, I'm assuming at a certain point I would I would do the the spark imprisonment thing and like bind him, right? That's what I was trying to figure out is like when I would yeah like as, yeah as so you can hold me in yeah yeah you could hold me in place keep your distance more than th- you know you keep more than 38 feet of distance and then i just have really after that i just have my laser eye which is pretty good <laughs> which is good so the thing is of all the things i think not to not to undersell my own guy but i think rubber would be good against lasers <laughs> <laughs> like would it i don't know <laughs> i'm not gonna argue that point if you're willing to concede it but <laughs> i don't really know the science fit behind the interaction between lasers and the rubber i mean realistic realistically i guess you know once rubber heats up too much it gets all floppy and it's not it the melts. most resilient right but i also super imagine in a superhero logic world you know you shoot a beam and it's like <laughs> 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 i i googled lasers versus rubber and apparently there's both <laughs> laser procedures and rubber band procedures for dealing with hemorrhoids so now all the results are spelled hemorrhoids so that's cool <laughs> <laughs> Not really, really what I was looking for. That's amazing. Please don't tell me it's going to change all of my Google ads for the next week. <laughs> oh, no. I was trying to look up rubber band sharpness before, and all it was, all I could find was rubber sheaths for knives and a sharpness test for rubber bands about how snappy they are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I imagine the laser would heat up the rubber. I don't know what the melting point of rubber is. I, mean, I guess it depends on the rubber, right? And depends on the laser, of course. Yeah, also that. So if I got a laser, if my laser is from the laser drill that's drilling down into the rock, which doesn't actually melt the rock. So I, I, laser drills are a real thing, interestingly. They're kind of an up and coming tech. And so it's not actually like what you imagine where you have this hyper laser that just like melts and, you know, vaporizes a, a perfect cylinder straight down. Um, but what they'll do is for, they'll, will shoot lasers on the drill head. They'll shoot downwards to soften the rock as it goes through because you can drill through hard rock. It just You just ruin your bits and everything going down. Uh, that makes sense. So it's it's hot enough to soften rock. <laughs> I see. Okay. So it's, pro- it's probably not like Superman strength laser vision. Then. Right, yeah. The other thing too is that because it's coming from your eye, you do have like you have a literal blind spot right like if i can hold you in place and move to the non-laser side wait vet why don't you just sorry what what if you just walked behind me well i mean yeah also but like like what i mean is that like thinking about having one eye you have a depth perception yeah what's your what's your like cone of of usable laser eyesight it's probably like 60 degrees 70 degrees i'm like closing one eye and well i mean I'm just trying to look around, and so I'm sitting in my chair with one eye closed, looking around. Yep, that's what I'm doing, too. I can see, like, definitely past the 180 on either side. But but it's coming from the center of the eye, so you can't entirely use peripheral, right? It's like center of eye. Where is the center of your eyesight on either side? The bridge of your nose is in the way. 
Yeah, it's like, right, it's like so on the, on the bad side. On the bad side, if I can turn my head, if I can turn my head as well, I don't think that's immobilized. If I can turn my head, I can get just past the 90 on my bad yeah. side. So 110, 100 degrees that way. And then on my good side, I can, I'm probably at like, uh, like 150 maybe. Yeah. So there, so there is a. So there's a hundred degrees of vision that's centered behind me and left that you can. That is my blind spot yeah. for lasers. So, so I guess my my goal here then, once once the laser is in play, is to bind you and loop around to the bad side and and rubber knife you. At which point you become very envious of people who don't have a rubber knife in them. <laughs> <laughs> I can also tech. I guess I limited my my bond thing to just contractual bonds and legal bonds, but. But technically, your spark imprisonment is a bond. That is true. It literally says can bind. Yeah. Oh. So I don't know if we want oh, to include so that there's as... Oh, politics going on here. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know if you would release... So I guess... So here's my question, Chris. Who do you think you have better odds against? The guy with the laser eye or the guy with the rubber knife? <laughs> probably... And imprisonment that he can break. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have a better chance against you, Ben. Yeah, so I don't know that you would like free marcus in order to actually i think once i build up my envy thing i have an equal amount of i have an equal chance against both of you yeah if you can walk through the fire so to speak i have no other abilities besides that like i'm also hot but you know yeah that's fair hey what whatever <laughs> like yeah if you can if you can survive an oil fire you can survive all my abilities <laughs> so as long as i'm like a third party i'm watching your fight and i can build up envy while that's happening that i can beat both of you i think that's fair because like the rubber knife is not super super great let's be honest here so if i go after ben i think we can say it this way i think there's a the, how long would it take us to resolve because you have to you have to like kind of run away from me get into my blind spot and you have to stab me from probably still from a distance i, I, I can still oil eye over <laughs> and make it slippery i don't know if it's like <laughs> There'll be a lot of fire around, yeah. like to navigate towards me. So it probably would take a while for us to resolve what we're doing. I have to coordinate with the firefighters. Yeah. So yeah, his his ability to to contact firefighters and to like know basically like in general terms what's going to happen buys me time. Yeah. All right. So Ben Ben versus me one on one. I think we have to put those odds in here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably like you do have that. You do have the messaging. Yeah. I think it's hard for you to just, like, one-shot me, so I think it's weighted in my favor, definitely. Yeah, I'll give you 75% That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. So if, if, I kill, if I get rid of Chris, you know, so the first scenario that we, you jump back for a second, if I get rid of Chris first, then it's just me versus you, and then it's 75% for you, 25% for me. Fine. Mm -hmm. If I go after you first, Ben, I think I have, like, I'm pretty much not going to win that one at, the, at that point. Probably... And then it'll basically be how long it takes you to kill me if you can catch up and kill Chris. So I think if if you go for Ben first and you beat Ben, then I lose. But if Ben beats you, then I win. Well, the question is, you would need enough time to get enough envy. Because I think if you don't have enough envy yet, Ben can just beat you. Right, but I'm, I'm saying that... You with regular powers. I'm saying that if you win, it's going to be quickly. If Ben wins, it's going to take some time, I think. Mm -hmm. I would probably still give Ben like 20 per... Like... Definitely a percentage that because I don't know how long it takes to to build envy. Like, inform everyone of the, <laughs> that their lease has been ended, <laughs> that they're evicted. I'm gonna. All right, so I'm gonna introduce a wrinkle in things. Is that I think that if I can figure out what Chris is doing, 
then you might go after me instead. Right, yeah. Hmm. Like, I might, like, like trap Marcus and go after Chris instead of dealing with Marcus, right? And then I'll break, I'll break his bond. <laughs> well, yeah, but as long as I'm, I'm at least 38 feet away from him, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. My goal is to keep you guys distracted, but if you're trying to actively not be distracted... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, if I can figure out what you're doing, I think I go for you. And but then would I it be do. obvious? Would yeah. it be obvious to you? That's what I don't know. Yeah. So what about, what about, what about again, just, just 30% for Ben in the case where he's fighting Chris or, so I have 5%. So if, if I go after Ben first, 5% is I'm able to get rid of Ben quickly and then go after Chris. Mm-hmm. So there's 95% left to divide. I would, I'm thinking it sounds like it would probably take a while. And I think it'll also be slowed down just by there still being a lot of fire. Everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking probably 30% versus 65 for Chris, maybe, or 35, 60. Yeah. Sure. Real scientific for, about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right. Now I put all these percentages down. Now I have to make sure I can, <laughs> I can make the math work on this. Okay. So. Am I going to actually win this? <laughs> You no. <laughs> There's a whole section where you don't win at all because I murder you with fire. Right. Oh, that's if also I true. Lose, yeah. I lose very quickly. Yeah. Because I'm just like a normal person then. Insert Jeopardy music here. What's this? Do 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 do. All right. In third place, with a 26.05 percent chance of victory, is. The oil rig. I actually am in last Whoa. place on this one. Yeah. I mean, that's mostly because things go badly. If I don't go after Chris, things go... Well, even if I go after Chris, things go poorly for me. Things go poorly Just a lot of the time for me against general. Ben. Yeah. 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 Things go poorly for me against Ben. And so... It's because you give the other person a time to prepare. If exactly. You for one of us. Yeah. And I don't think I have like... We talk about like getting rid of Ben and me. I don't think that's really that likely that I would do that. Yeah. So... 26% for me. Second place, and this will also tell you who's in first place. I'll do it. No, I'll do first place. That's the more exciting. <laughs> in first place, the winner with 43.35% is Nick and Time. It was close. That still is what, like, like something 30 percent ish, like high, mid. Judge high. Jelly has 30.6%. So 43 to 30 to 26 is the final standings. Thank you all for playing. I don't know if I've ever won any of these <laughs> i'm trying to remember yeah, the other ones i don't have. think i've Hold won on. before what, think? what are their fights well we'll figure it out later well chris maybe the reason you haven't won any of these you know coming up is because your plan coming in was i'll divorce you <laughs> <laughs> well i'm what, look at what i'm working with it is actually impressive that you you outscored the guy with the laser eye so yeah. congrats on that <laughs> I think that counts as a win chris yes would you rather live among the clouds or beneath the ocean? Assuming you have a house that can do that. <laughs> so Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite? Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to breathe in the clouds. <laughs> I would argue it's hard to breathe under the ocean. Yeah, but if you have a system, I guess I'm assuming that in the clouds, it's open air as opposed to underwater, you're in like a dome situation and like oxygen I is being pumped in. I think at cloud heights, I don't think, unless you're like, low clouds i guess clouds go all the way from the ground level up but like if i, I imagine in the clouds is too high to breathe so you'd also be in a, a dome. dome or something okay yeah maybe you have an outdoor patio yeah you can for short periods of time freeze and yeah freeze and suffocate at your leisure all right 
in the clouds you get sunlight and you have a nicer view in my opinion the fail states are pretty bad in both of them huh yeah okay you know what? fail states are bad hold on hold on i'm gonna say regarding fail states the fail state of living on like the bottom of the ocean and like the dome cracking is just that you die basically immediately well it says beneath the ocean it doesn't necessarily say at the bottom of the ocean okay that's fair <laughs> what does that mean you could be there are, there are like actually like research labs and stuff that are subsurface you could also have your, your ocean bottom could also be not at you know 20,000 leagues under the sea yeah. i don't like you know i'll say this you have to be at least i think the ocean counts as not being in a country so you have to be at least 30 miles offshore but you could find a shallow spot so maybe like minimum 50 feet of water okay hmm so in that case you'd still probably die but you wouldn't die immediately yeah right? yeah well, it depends probably. on how how big the... i feel like the, i feel like the fail case of dying or not is not the interesting part of this hypothetical i mean my my point was more that was more that like if you just wear a parachute all the time and you're among the clouds even if it goes down you can jump off and parachute like your odds of survival and fail state are higher in among the clouds unless you always wear a scuba suit but pressure and stuff like i think there's just more there's just more like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i guess so. right anyway i guess i guess like as far as like actual like, let's talk if, about quality of life t- yeah yeah quality of life Quality of life, I think the clouds is better. I agree. I don't. You, you're gonna have a crazy view either way. Like you have a crazy view of this of the things. If you're in the clouds, you don't really see much besides clouds. That is a good point. Sunlight is a big thing, though. Sunlight's nice. Sunlight is important, but I I imagine the the like at a slightly shallower depth. Like I said, not like twenty thousand leagues under. I would much rather have like that aquarium view where you get to see fishes and things and. I like the view. I like, you don't get as much sunlight, but I would like seeing sun coming into the water. That's pretty to me. Ironically, I think you'd actually be dry most of the time underwater and slightly wet most of the time among the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in a dome, then no. Okay, if you're in a dome, fine. Uh, storms will be terrifying and possibly like lethal. Oh, yeah. I don't know like what kind of, how we're imagining like our, ho- our air home is going to work out. But yeah, it, you might get tossed around in a, in a storm. I guess you could in, in the water, too, to be fair. Actually, I don't know how far storms transfer in the, like, below the surface. That's true. Because waves are driven by surface winds, and I'm not sure how much actually affects the currents below the water. Are we, like, how big of a scale is this? Are we saying it's a city, or is it just you, or is... It's your, it's your, it's your home, your, your, uh, like, eccentric rich person home, because... So you're away from society. In either case, yes. Okay, so it's not like a big city underwater, or a big city in the clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you have a much better chance of getting Wi-Fi up in the sky. That's true. It's going to be probably easier to resupply underwater. Also true. You got more snacks, but less Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we should, go, we should go with our gut at this point. I feel like we've hashed out most of the differences, right? So this tree... Yeah, I well, think so. So you'd be able to get to society easier from underwater than in the clouds in general, so... Exactly, yeah. Unless you can land your house. But even then, that's like a big undertaking, because you need to like get clearance to land it somewhere and then like you gotta get it back up in the sky it's like there's a lot going on there you might have a little like propeller plane on a little platform that seems iffy i mean <laughs> it's actually like this wouldn't be possible in real life so we're kind of ignoring that but well yeah like we don't know the mechanism of flight what if you just, what if you what if it was a blimp and you just have a ladder one of those big rope ladders <laughs> you just you just climb that would be like annoying yeah, you're, are you scared you of know, heights? the Empire State Building was originally designed to be a, plimp, a blimp landing platform. 
So I, I feel like underwater I get claustrophobic, but then some people might be scared of heights. So yeah, like me. So yeah, I mean, just based on that, I would rather be under the water. So my answer is I would like to live beneath the ocean because I like the fishes. I'll take I'll take more snacks over more Wi-Fi, and it just seems cool. I think I would pick the clouds just because I sort of because of that claustrophobic thing. You would be able to get to society easier, but I feel like. I don't know, I just feel freer in the clouds for some reason. I think I'm also going to go under the water. Mostly, I, I just, like, obviously there's a lot of logistical questions in both of these. So I'm going to mostly write that off. But the being able to get back to society more easily, I think, is a, a pretty important part of all of this. Also, yeah, being underwater would be cool. Wi-Fi, though. <laughs> but what if you could just like tap directly into one of those big underwater internet cables? Think about how fast your broadband would be. I guess that's true. You know, down where it's wetter, things are much better. Take it from me, Chris. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, this is, I think this is our first Would You Rather where we actually are just like, hey, we're just going to pick our preferences on this that's one. That's really funny. <laughs> we actually treated it like a Would You Rather. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing it, guys. We're, we actually answered a Would You Rather like a Would You Rather. And,. Listener, if you want to reward us for finally understanding how these work, hop on to www.patreon.com slash absurdhypotheticals. Click on that Become a Patron link. It is uno dollar, 100 cents, one hundredth of one hundred dollar bill. And you can become a patron. You get access to our behind the scenes episodes where we talk about our previous month's questions. We do some nonsense things on there as well. And... We'll do things like argue again over the superpower fight and uh, <laughs> decide how we feel about our percentages after the fact. I think this one was more one of the more agreeable ones. Oh, I got opinions. Don't worry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> about my powers? <laughs> we'll always have opinions. Yeah, we just always have opinions, Chris. It's, it's how it works. Uh, but anyway, that's what you get. That's what you get. One dollar behind the scenes content. It's all good. Support the show. Show your love. And in any case... Join us next week where we answer the following question. What if no one had to eat? <laughs>